Matthew 21 and verse 22. I'm going to read from, in fact, verse 18 to 22. Now in the morning as he returned in the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. That's the creator talking. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? He answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, it shall be done. Now is Jesus mocking the disciples? Or are you talking about a possibility here? In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing he shall receive. That's the verse I want. In all things whatsoever. That's a blank check. All things. Think tonight. All things. All. Go ahead. Think. Imagine. Dream. Envision. All things. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. Believing. He shall receive it. Either Jesus is lying or he's telling the truth. And he's the God of truth. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am truth. Let's worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight. We thank you for your promise. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your guidance. In the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, our true God and Savior. Amen. May we see it. Let's read it one more time till we believe it. In all things, I want you all to think tonight. Think. All. All. If I had ten dollars in my pocket. And I gave it to you. I gave you all. All. All things. Whatsoever you shall ask. In prayer. Well this is not to the world. It's to his disciples. All things. I'd be wrong to apply this to sinners. It's to Christians. He was talking to the twelve. All things. Whatsoever you shall ask. In prayer, in prayer, believing ye shall receive, ye shall receive, ye shall receive. I'm going to tell you that girl that provoked 
Peter to deny Jesus, even that was not enough to overthrow the prayer. Jesus already prayed for Peter. He said, I prayed for thee that your faith fail not. It didn't matter what Peter did. Jesus said, I have already covered you with my prayer. And no matter what come against you and your flesh and your ignorance, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. In other words, it's not going to fail. How do I know that? This verse said, all things whatsoever shall ask in prayer, believing he shall. My God, if he's telling me that, how about him? If my prayer is that powerful, how powerful is his prayer? He did pray for the twelve. And he told them in the book of Acts, I mean, John 17, he said, Father, I pray for these that you have given me. He said, I have lost none. Now, folks, I want to look at what he prayed. I'm going to tell you, it was impossible for the apostles to fail Jesus Christ. He said, how so? Because he locked them into a prayer that they couldn't wiggle themselves out of. He said, I pray for these. He says, he lifted up his eyes in, in chapter 17 of John, and he lifted his eyes and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. As thou hast given me power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life unto as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they shall know the only true God and Jesus Christ. Huh? All right. Then he said, now, then Jesus, in verse 9, he said, I pray for them. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now, what he's saying here in verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Now, in verse 20, neither pray for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. You don't even know this. God already prayed for you. He has already covered you with prayer. If you believe on him based on their word. Amen. Jesus is in a praying mood. Hallelujah. Jesus is praying. This entire chapter 
is Jesus praying for the disciples and his future believers which transcend the disciples. He said, my prayer is not only for these 12, in case you say, well, he just prayed for them and no one else, but he prayed for the whole world. He prayed for the whole world? No. He prayed for his disciples. That's coming out of the world. Now, if God said, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, it shall be done. Now, how many think that Jesus Christ doubted his prayer? How many think he doubted his prayer? How can he tell me not to doubt and then turn around himself and doubt? What kind of example would that be for me to follow? We're told to follow in his steps. What steps? The footprints of the life he lived. And I want to talk to you about incentive prayer. The most powerful source of anointing that you'll ever have. If you're tired of dead testimony, if you're tired of dead singing, without anointing, if you are tired of witnessing without power and without fervency and anointing, if you are tired of being boring, if you're tired of the drudgery, I'm going to tell you the answer tonight. You're going to find the answer in prayer. Now, Anybody can stand and read a text to an audience that they're teaching. I mean, that's pretty easy. Professor does it all the time. They're not, they're not anointed. They're as boring as a dull coconut. Hey, man, they can stand right here and read the sermon off. You can do it too in a Sunday school class. You can do it in, in a, any meeting you're in and, and people fall asleep. Look around. They're falling asleep. There is no anointing. When people start sleeping on your preaching, your teaching, your testimony, you know you're dull. It's thud. It's not filled with anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. And Jesus, when he was praying, he prayed for his disciples. And even though Peter was confronted by a girl that three times tried to mess him up, he was covered by the prayer of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm telling you, if you want to take the temperature of a church, walk in there at the prayer meeting. Walk in there and some people pray. People are waiting, sitting on the pew, chewing gum, writing notes, playing with their cell phone, talking to each other, waiting for service to start. You know what's amazing, and I understand, I don't think people understand what prayer is. Our important prayer really, really should be to them. And I hope tonight I can help you to understand. Jesus said to Peter when he asked Peter, James, and John to talk with, to pray with them, and they wouldn't pray as a support. They fell asleep. They were not interested in prayer, even though the situation called for prayer. The devil don't mind you singing. You can sing, 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 sing. You don't affect him one bit. 
you, I mean, you, you can preach, 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 ain't gonna affect him one bit. You can teach, 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 ain't gonna affect him one bit. But when you start praying, you got trouble. Because prayer is what put an edge around people. The Lord looked at the fig tree and spoke a word, not even nature could reverse it. It died. It shriveled up. And when the apostle came by and saw what took place, you could tell they didn't believe what Jesus said because they were surprised. And the Lord said, why are you surprised? He said, there's nothing surprising about what just took place. He said, look, in verse 22, all things, what Sarah shall ask in prayer. Now, isn't this the same God who said, Unto him that can do exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, above, that's, that's three level now, exceeding, abundant, above, and beyond all that I can think or imagine in prayer. He said, he can do better than that. James picked up on it, his brother. Hallelujah. If any man lack anything, let him ask of God. How? When? In prayer. In prayer. Who giveth to all men liberally? They said now, but let not that man think for a moment that he shall receive anything from God if he has unbelief or is double minded he shall not will not cannot receive what he's asking for in other words you're wasting your breath you're wasting the moment because Jesus says believing must be in prayer amen so if the man waver and don't believe it shall not be done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now one of the problem with people is they don't see the necessity of prayer. Prayer is like your tonsils. Scientists, physicians, believe that your tonsil is of no necessity in your body. I didn't know God created your body with excess body parts. I thought every part, the blood flow through it and need to stay alive have a function. You know, the reader always thinks he's right because he don't understand what he read. He comes up with his own idea and says, well, the book is wrong. No, the book is not wrong. You're wrong. You just don't know what the author thought. And they're cutting out the, th the, the tonsils and found out the tonsils were put there to fight bacteria. Now, when you cut that out, you're cutting out your ability to fight with immunization. It's just like breastfeeding. Mothers, mothers have, have bottles, and they use all these different stuff, and, and they do these different things. And, and when they do it, they find out the baby, when it's born, have all these diseases. I wonder why. Well, you know something, friend? If you go to the animal kingdom, that first enzyme from the mother's milk is what determines the growth, the health, the success and the future of that creature was born. 
You take that animal away instantly. And I promise you it'll be a weakling. Praise God. And that mother, God put something in her body that determines the health and the longevity of that kid through those years of living in a world infested with disease. Now, I don't know what you believe, but I believe most kids with autism contract that in hospitals. I believe that. That's my personal belief. Are you a scientist? No. But that's my personal belief. I believe they do things to those kids that the kid's body does not have the ability to deal with, and it destroys their brain system, mess up their system that they don't know anything about. They plan to do good, but end up doing bad. That's true. But you go back in time and wonder how many babies in primitive environment have autism. How many? How many? How many in Africa got autism? Autism is prevalent in the developed world. Why? What are they doing? They got some misconception about what the Creator is all about and what the Creator is doing. And so they messed up that kid. Now I'm going to tell you now, the first thing a new convert needs to know in church is not how to sing a song, how to preach, how to teach, but it's how to pray. I'll never forget when I came in church, I didn't know I could pray. I've never prayed in my life the way I did pray. But somehow, somebody was behind the scenery helping me to pray the way I prayed. And I never prayed that way since after that. But there was a helper helping me to pray. And it was with fervency. It was with weeping. It was with tears. It was with exuberance, unashamedly, and boldness. That prayer was from the Lord. And it got in my tongue. Now, God told us three things that you often violate. Watch and pray. What's that mean, Pastor? What does a watchman do? What's the job of a watchman? Keep thieves out. Keep people out that will harm you. Watch me get your security in place. Watch and pray. Amen. Number two, he said, pray without ceasing. My word, you don't have any legitimate reason why you're not praying. The command is, watch and pray. Number two, pray without ceasing. Non-stop. You know, non-stop, cafeteria, give you coffee non-stop till your coffee ran out. Or non-stop flow of drink. Just keep pouring it on, pouring it on. And he said, that's enough. Pray without ceasing. God never get bored with what you have to say. Hello. Providing that reading your prayer to him. Amen. If you're reading your prayers to God, you're wasting your time. But if your prayer is coming from your lips and your heart and your soul and your spirit, he's interested in what you have to say. He said, men must pray always and not faint. Now remember this right now. 
Watch and pray. Pray and faint not. Pray without ceasing. I'm going to tell you right now. Seven days without praying make a weak saint of God. Weak saint of God. All right? You need to circle yourself with your own prayer. Paul says, pray for me and pray with me. Most folks just pray for me. Very few say pray with me. Jesus didn't ask the disciples to pray for him. He said, pray with me. There's a difference. Amen. And he covered his disciples with prayer. And even that girl couldn't shake that prayer that was prayed around him. Just like nature couldn't stop that fig tree from dying. The mouth of the prayer person is more lethal than any nuclear bomb they'll release in World War III. Prayer is hurt shaking, heaven invading, and God moving. You can't do anything else that can do those things. And I don't know why you don't realize the most important ingredient in your life is not your bank book. It's not your song book. And even got, even got the Bible, it does you no good if you don't have prayer behind it. Because many people who are in false doctrine read the Bible more than you do. But prayer brings revelation. Reveal things others don't see. Prayer brings illumination. Cause your eyes to see what others can't see. Mm. My God, my God. Prayer does that. Worship God. And prayer brings inspiration. I refuse to come out of this pulpit and not be inspired by the word of God. I will not come here and preach to you. And you say, well, Pastor, was dull. It will never happen. Ever. Never. There has to be fervency. There has to be exuberance. There has to be anointing. It comes from prayer. You don't pray, you're dull. You're dead. And the world don't need another dead preacher. A dull church. A lifeless church. Just the word. It killeth. It put it to bed. But take spirit and truth. Spirit makes you what? Blow up if that's all you have. The word makes you dry up. If that's all you, you carry care for. But spirit and truth make you grow up. You know how I know how to pray? I copy the preacher. I came in church. I didn't know how to pray. But God put somebody up there. If he raises his hand, you raise your hands. If he shout, you shout. Hallelujah. If he bow, you bow. If he stroll, you stroll. Until you get your own faith, hitchhike on his faith. Whose faith follow. Glory to God. I didn't see him sit down there and, and 
by this day and wait for church to get started. Oh no, I seem to kneel right down and pray. That's why I believe that's the way it's supposed to be. And you know, it's so beautiful when your kids kneel beside you and try to imitate your prayer. They don't say much words, but they're copying the right pattern. Amen. Praise God. I'd hate to be a part of a dead, dull church. Praise God. Everything is dead. Ritualistic. Praise God. Now, there are personal incentive in prayer. Number one, I'm praying because I do not want to enter into temptation. You can walk right into it. So you can walk right into it. Samson walked right into it. As strong as he was, he had no prayer life. You can't find one time Samson ever prayed. The only time he prayed was the last time he prayed. It cost him his life. Strong as he was, Satan overthrew him. Amen. It should never happen. As effective and effectual as the man called Joshua was in leadership. Yet the Gibeonites deceived him. You can be deceived if you don't have a prayer life. Joshua did not pray. And the Gibeonites lied to him. And he couldn't discern he was being lied to. When you can pray, they walk through that door, you know they're not of God. When they talk, you can feel it. Because your spirit is already charged up, anointed by the Lord. And you can send that radar out there. And you can feel after that thing. And see that spirit is of God. John says, you don't believe every spirit there is? Try the spirit. You know how you try it? In prayer. Watchman job is. Amen. I believe I'll survive this long because I watch a man of God pray. And I said, God, I'm going to do it like your disciples did to you. They know Jesus alone prayed, they don't pray. And he watched them for a while. And one day they saw John the disciples praying and accomplishing great feat, and they weren't. Let me tell you, if you got no fruit in your ministry in your life, you are bankrupt. You are dead. I mean, if I don't have any fruit in my life, I, I throw in my ministry. I will, I really would. I tell God that you didn't call me. Because there's going to be no bearing in this thing. You're going to have fruit. Converts. People are affected by your prayer. And I'll prove it to you tonight. Amen. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. That means you don't know how to pray. But teach us like John taught. They said, teach how to preach, how to work miracles, how to sing a song. How many of you want to be taught how to pray? How many of you are going to practice what you're taught? How many of you are going to hear and not do it? Hallelujah. Number two. My incentive to pray is that I pray that I Counted worthy to escape the things coming 
upon this world. Jesus says, pray that you enter not into temptation. In the wrong place with the wrong person, the wrong people, the wrong decisions. Pray that you be, you be accounted by God worthy to escape. But I said, in the days of Enos, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. How you pray one hour today? Be honest with yourself. You don't even miss it. That's amazing. To lose the Holy Ghost and not even know you lost it. Mary was all messed up. Jesus was not in her midst, and she supposed he was. He was not there. And she went looking for him in the wrong places and couldn't find him. And when she found him, he said, what are you doing? Don't you realize what you trivialize? I'm revitalizing but my father's business. Prayer, amen, is better than weight lifting. Now, I know a lot of men cannot run me out to lift weight. Yes, they can. They can pump more iron than I can, show more muscles they can, but they will not all pray me. They will not all pray me. Pray, building up yourself. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Samson has more muscle than you'll ever have. And Delilah has more little finger that messed him up. She messed him up. The only time he won the battle was the last prayer he prayed, and the first prayer he ever prayed. A prayer, prayer of repentance. And God called him a hero of faith for that one moment when he prayed. That was the only moment he was a hero of faith. God called prayerful people heroes. Amen. Praise God. Pray building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So here we are. Matthew 26, 41 says, Temptation is defeated by prayer. Luke 21, 36 says, You pray every day, every day till it takes place. Lord, let me be like Enos. Enos, let me take me, God, when the time comes. Don't leave me behind for the flood. Pray to escape. Number three, Jude 1, 20 says, Pray Building up yourself. Some folks build themselves up politically and some build themselves theocratically by praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be the best preacher in the world. I don't want to best be the best musician on earth. I don't want to be the best poet. But I want to outpray Elijah. I want to pray like Enos. I want to pray like Enoch. I want to pray the kind of prayer that affect heaven and earth. Earth shaking. Amen. Heaven opening. Prayer. This church can never make it. I don't care how many come through the door. The day we throw prayer out the door, we're Ichabod. Dried up. Shriveled up. 
Sunday morning will be ineffective if I don't pray. There'll be no power. There'll be no anointing. There'll be no conviction. There'll be no spirit. It'll be just another lodge. But oh, we can build a place of prayer. Give that garden up God and cry earnestly, fervently. The fervent, huh? Effectual prayer. Hallelujah. I don't want you, but many times I confess to God, I'm too laid back, Jesus. Sometimes I get sick, and I thank God for my sicknesses. Remind me there's a hell where there's no relief. My pain serves a good purpose. It reminds me, beyond this life, there's more pain greater than this. So I don't want to go there. Otherwise, I could forget where I came from, and where I'm heading to. Acts chapter 8, 22. Peter and the saucer had a confrontation. And these words came out of that meeting. Pray that the thoughts of your heart be forgiven. Every day of filthy thoughts come through my mind. Every day, 24-7, trying to bring me into captivity that I may lose my walk with God. Lose my reputation with the angels. Amen. Fall like other fell. And I got to rebuke it in prayer. And say, God, take this filth out of my mind. Praise God. Pray the thoughts of my heart may be forgiven. Acts 8.24. A sentence was on this man. And he realized the power of prayer. See all that you want about Simon the sorcerer. He's smarter than most of us. Most people get mad and walk out the door. But Simon realized Peter is a preacher. He's a man of God. You know what he said? Pray that none of these things that you just said ever happened to me. Well, I'm mad at the preacher. I'm mad at what he preached. Too bad. That's your problem. Who cares if you're mad? God don't. I don't either. I don't even know you're mad. I don't care about it either. But this guy is smart. What he heard was against him. You know what he said? Pray for me that none of those things come upon me it never came upon Simon as far as we know hallelujah Philippians 4 and verse 6 says pray that your need be made known I don't have time to faint I can't afford to go through the day Without being stirred to pray. I can't get too busy. I don't have time to pray. I cannot allow myself to be unmotivated to spend time with God. I cannot allow myself, amen, to become so laid back 
that I'm hard to get started in prayer. Amen. I don't want unbelief to be in my life. It cut me off from receiving God best for my life. I may not be a good conversationalist. I may not be a good preacher or a good teacher or a good singer. But right in my coffin, he knew how to pray. That's what's going to get to heaven. I can be a preacher and be cast away. I can be a singer and dump in the gutter. But you can't pray through and not enter into the new Jerusalem. It's a gate opener. It touches the heart of God. Tonight, we must raise prayer to the highest priority of my daily activity. Prayer is number one in my life. Not my job. Not my family. Not my hunger. My time to pray. It's time to be with God. I got incentive to pray. I got to pray Luke 22, 33. Let my, fail, my faith fail not. When people lose their faith because they threw it overboard. When prayer is gone, you will throw your faith overboard. When you threw your faith overboard, you're bound to end up shipwrecked. I want you to imagine yourself tonight in the closet of prayer. Here you are in this solitude, solid place, alone. Nobody's there with you. And you're praying. You're pushing back the forces of Satan that come against and war against your mind. You're pushing against falling angels. You're wrestling with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and rules of darknesses. You are dealing with severe crisis. Amen. And you got to break chains. You got to break through. I've got to have a breakthrough. I got to get through to God. That's when Matthew 21, 22 says, Whatsoever I ask, if there's every time I want in my life, amen, ask, become a thing in my life. Ask, and I shall receive. Seek, and I shall find. Seek, mean, you won't find the first time. Seek with all your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Say to your husband, I got to go pray. Sorry. Say to your kids, I got to go pray. I got to talk to my God. You, you, you wait for a while. I can't put him on wait. I'm going to spend some time with God. Praise God. And then knock. God said prayer like importunity. The woman will keep coming back over and over to a judge who wouldn't recognize her. But you say, you can't shake me off. You will not get rid of me till you I pray through. And she finally got through to him. Praise God. Let's worship Jesus. Praise God. Another reason for praying is not only personal incentive. While we avoid entrance to prayer, the, we know we faint, not stirred, not moved, not shaken, not motivated, slothful and unbelief and sin. <coughs> when it pushed us out the way, 
We say, God, I'm gonna, I know the incentive to pray. I'm a, of kingdom-mindedness. I don't know if you know this. World War III is around the corner. Any day now, they could push the wrong button. When God get ready, he can stir up those kings to do terrible things. And all their detente and detente and all their, all their conferences won't help when God said, fight. Fight. They will fight when God said, push the button. And I believe this generation is going to see that. Today they passed a law. Assisted suicide is okay. That's in the Bible. There comes a time when men would desire death. And debt shall flee from them. You know what's going to happen now? Now the law is passed. They're going to try to die and they will not die. And nobody can die until God take the breath away. I don't care how you mutilate the body. I don't care what you do with it. God said, you're not going to die. Hello? So there's another shot coming. And worst of all, hell is waiting for them. That's murder. Let's pray to Jesus right now. The only prayer that's useless is if you pray to idols. Or if you pray to Mary and call her the mother of God. You're wasting your time. Nothing's going to happen. Pray to an idol or make the sign of the crucifix, crucifix across your shoulder. It's a bunch of nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous and foolishness. Yet people of intelligence do those things because they don't have a revelation. Huh? They don't know what they're doing. Wasting their time. All these prayer beads. Beads are hopeless. Beads can't talk. Huh? Mary can't answer. She's dead. <laughs> Only Jesus is alive. Forevermore. Hallelujah. <laughs> Kingdom incentive for praying. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Don't ask God for a car and a home. Pray for the church. How many of you pray for Sunday morning services before you got here? How many of you pray for Friday night Bible study? How many pray for prayer meeting? How many talk to God about what goes on? How many pray for the preacher? How many pray for the musicians? How many pray for the choir? How many do any prayer at all? He said, pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray that our service don't go without fruit. Hallelujah. Pray that folk get converted at the altar. Pray, amen, that the altar be, in, be effective and effectual. We got to pray and pray through. Praise God. I tell folks, pray more than you study. Hallelujah. Okay, we'll show when you come up here. Dead. Dull. Drudgery. Hallelujah. Dead sermon, dead people. Dead God. My God is living. Let's worship him right now. I don't know what a new convert think when they come in here. They should think we're beside ourselves. They shouldn't say it's just like home. They should see a difference, feel a difference, know a difference is in this place. We must pray for boldness to weakness. 
Well, I don't have no weakness. I can't witness. Different, different. You overcome the world by the word of your testimony. You won't have a testimony if you don't pray. I was in Edmonton, a young kid, young Christian. And I'm praying. I said, God, oh, Lord Jesus. I got to win someone for God. I present the church. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And when I prayed, I said, go downtown and, and stand by the street corner. So I went down. There were some tracks. I stepped off the bus, and God said, there, there's your man right there. And he had a watchtower in his hand. And I confronted him and says, do you know the Lord? You're going to give me a speech. I said, I'm going to tell you about my God. When I started talking to him, tears started flowing. He put away his booklet. I didn't have a car in those days because I was too poor to buy a car. I was on a bus. I said, I'll take it to church. And we go pray. His name was Adams. I never forgot that name. Adam, Mr. Adams. He cried his heart out. He said, you got the truth. You got it. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. They must take knowledge. You've been with Jesus. In your closet, God will visit you. Long before he, he come to the sanctuary, he come to your house. Do you have a place for Jesus? When he come to your house, my friend, and break bread with you, your heart will burn you. Your eyes will open up. And the scripture will come to life. And when I start preaching, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You know why? You've been with Jesus. Let's praise him right now. Another reason why we pray is for the kingdom of God to come. We pray. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come. Well, God, don't come today. Wait a little longer. That's a bunch of blasphemy. Why on earth do you want God to wait a little longer? We says, pray for my return. My Bible said the true church prayed, come quickly. The Bible end with a prayer. The Bible end with a prayer. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. The last word of a man is the most important word of a man. And the last word of God's Bible is come quickly. That's the prayer of a church. The true church. Oh God, we're having a great time. Want to get married before you come. Da, 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 da. You might marry a Jezebel. You may marry a serpent. A Delilah. You may put an Ataliah. Hello. Praise God. We also pray incentive for as a mediator. Every person in this church that know the truth is a mediator. I was thinking to this week about God and the light came on. For there's one God and one Lord Jesus. And one meeting between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. When I look at that scripture, I see the one God all the way. He's saying, the one God is the man Christ Jesus. He's saying, uh, the, the one man is Jesus Christ. And the one mediator is Jesus Christ. It's all in him. I thought that knowledge is not with everybody. But how do you get that? By manifestation and revelation, inspiration by the Holy Ghost. 
when you pray in the Holy Ghost, God take you out of this flesh and take you to another realm of the Spirit. Let's worship God. Pray without doubt. I would men lift up holy hands. Amen. Now, instead of to pray, we pray one for another to be healed. Most of us have sicknesses and don't have the guts and the nerve or don't know we should. Ask another saint to pray that you might be healed. But James says, pray one for another. When last you pray for your sick sister or your sick brother. When you pray, are you praying just for your own self alone? Or are you praying for all that are sick among us? What are you praying for? Do you pray for those who are sick? When you pray for them that they might be healed. All right? Another reason why we pray in meditorial prayer, we pray for somebody night and day. Paul says, night and day without ceasing, I pray for you. You know, the Bible says, Saul, Samuel told Israel, I will not sin against God by stop praying for you. I sang the song tonight, for you I'm praying. I was setting you up for this moment. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that your faith don't fail. I'm praying that you will not be trapped by the devil. I'm praying that you won't get so offended and scorched that you quit church. I'm praying. Even another reason for praying, I'm praying for those in authority. I'm praying for kings and magistrates and mayors and counselors that I may be able to live a peaceful life. When a tyrant is in power, friend, life is rough. Amen. Amen. Church, don't get so sanctimonious that you can't even quicken in the spirit. Don't get so glued to your church pew that God can't even shake you like a leaf in the wind. Don't you get so tightened down that you can't leap for joy and shout the victory. Don't get so, amen, so sophisticated that you can't shout, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why can't you do that? What's wrong with doing that? What's wrong with raising your hand? What's wrong with clapping your hands? What's wrong with shouting to God? What is wrong with us? Come on, church. How can the king walk in this place and we sit there like nothing happened? <coughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me get revelation tonight. I know the devil tell you, well, I'm too relaxed. I can't lift my hands. I can't open up my mouth. And I, my body's just too tired. I have a hard day at work. And I can't do all that. Well, I got scriptures for you right now. Your action in prayer speak louder than your words. Can you believe that? Your action in prayer speak louder than your words. God said the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They cry, Lord, Lord, but do not the things I say. God said they're not doing the lack action. Sundays and around the world, every church is packed from wall to wall. But the rest of the week, God is on hold. God is on back burner. Everything is first. But the Bible says in Psalms, 141 in verse 1 to 3 
Number one, here's why I lift up my hands. That the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. When I lift up my hands, it's not because I'm just being emotionally dumb. No, church, it has symbolic meaning. When I tell you, pray and lift I'm trying to tell you, it's time to sacrifice to God. I don't want a bulls, a goat, and a, and a sheep, and an effer, or some turtle dove. I want you to lift up your hands up and lift it up to God and worship him. And God received that as a royal priesthood in operation in the church of God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands as the evening sacrifice. Raise those antennas. Connect with God. It's a sign of surrender. Symbolic of being arrested by God. It says those hands that are hanging down. Raise them up. Lift them up. And you're lifting up a sacrifice to God. Especially when you don't want to do it. Praise God. And then it says what? What about your words? And your words be like what? Look at it, folks. Verse 1 to 3. Go to verse 1 again. Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste to come unto me. I'm crying. Give ear unto my voice. You know, my voice. When I cry unto thee. Verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. My God, my prayer is a sweet smelling odor to God. I don't care if you didn't use deodorant today. It doesn't matter to God. God is not looking at your perspiration. He's looking at your inspiration and divine aspiration. Don't worry about your perspiration. Lift up those hands. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. You can't go behind the veil without incense. Look at that map right here. You can't go behind that veil without incense. It's important you know how to approach the, the king and the queen of England. What does this say? And the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Lord Jesus. Come over here. Put it back there. Tuesday night, I'm going to see if you're doing it different. I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not here to, to, to whip you. I'm trying to help you. Educate you. Impart to your spiritual knowledge. Let you know why we raise our hands. What does it mean? It's not just a ritual. It's not some formality or some doxology we got here. We're, it means something to God. That's what it means to God. When I raise my hands in prayer. And when I opened my lips, the perfume of my prayer goes up before God. And his ears are attentive to my cry. Lord Jesus. We're not, we're not dealing with an idol. We're dealing with a living God. My prayer is as incense. Here's why my prayer is as incense. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2. And this is when everybody will come from work. We know you work hard. 
Amen. My, work, my wife and I work hard too. We work. We come here at, at about nine or ten and go home at four o'clock or three o'clock, like everybody else do. We put in time like you all do. We do. When you get up, we got up too, and we go to work like you do. But I'm working for the kingdom. Yes, every day we do it. What am I doing? Are you going home tired? Absolutely. What am I doing? I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that we present our living, tired, worn body. What? <laughs> As a living sacrifice. <laughs> Holy and acceptable unto God. And God said, that's the only reason I'm a service. Well, God, I feel sick. I don't have time to praise you. Well, that's why I should praise him. If I'm going to praise God when I'm feeling well, I'm, I'm not being good. I praise God in all situations. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body the living sacrifice. Holy! I present my body. Lord, I come to church. I'm tired. I'm worn. I'm wounded. I'm beaten up. I'm stomped on. But God, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to glorify you, God. You've been a good God. I'm going to lift you up, God. Look at how I feel. I'm going to worship you, God. And the more I worship you, the better I feel. Hallelujah. Holy. Holy. Acceptable unto God. And God said, we've done all that. Brother Nee, when you leave here tonight, that's just your reasonable service. If you come up to church and curl right up with pain, pain, gnawing pain, that hurts every bone in your body, and all you can say if you're smart is, I confess Jesus is a healer. And if in this body only I have hope, I would have been of most men most miserable. It has no impact on God. I still believe he's a healer. I still believe he heals. I don't know what's best for me, but he knows. I don't need a reason why. I said, let God do what he wants to do for me from the sky. I let God have his way. My body is a sacrifice to God, daily working hard for him. And then the Bible said in Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2, some folks says, you know, I've seen folks say, raise your hand. Well, let's sit there. I know churches, nobody ever raised their hand. If you go there, they look at you. One is churches. If you raise your hand, whoa, what's wrong with you? You, you can't get up and run. You're crazy. They'll set you down. You say, hallelujah. Everybody look at you. You're not from here, are you? You're new, aren't you? You soon calm down. <laughs> Hello. Hallelujah. Hello. Jesus says, if you hold your peace, then those rocks that make that church up, they will talk. They will sing. They will shout. They'll make noise if you ever hold your peace. Hosea 14, verse 2. When people turn back to God, here's what they do. 
they render the calves the what? cows God's calling your mouth a cow off your lips Lord Jesus You want to see this in operation? Paul is in jail. Not murmuring, complaining, but worshiping. Singing praise to God. Render the calves of your lips. The, the devil always enjoy private prayer. Only one time in the Bible, God ever talked of anybody, pray with their lips moving. And that's Anna. And you're not Anna, so don't say you're going to do it. I said, you're not Anna, and so don't do it. Everybody else. David says, I cried unto the Lord. You say, call it your baby cry yet? You can't sleep when a colicky baby is crying. God wants you to become spiritually colicky where you cry, Oh God! Hallelujah! Jesus! Be quiet. Jesus! Be quiet. Jesus! God said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. You know who brought him? Those who are saying, be quiet. Woo! When he came to Jerusalem, they shouted with joy. Hosanna! Hosanna! This church on Sunday morning, when I'm preaching, you should be shouting. When I'm singing, when you're singing, you should be shouting. When you're praying, you should be shouting. You should give all that you have. Baby, no way close you can't worship God in because it's so sophisticated. Put on, the <laughs> Put on sackcloth. Get heels you can't dance in. Don't worry about the broken heel. Amen. Get barefoot if you have to. <clears throat> now, church. Right now, I'm going to anoint your lips. I don't mean greasing your lips. With Vaseline. I don't mean that. Anointed your lips. Thus will I praise thee. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. Thy loving kindness is better than life. And most of the time when a new convert come in here and is so exuberant, excited about God, these old backsliders were in the way all the time. Amen. Say, what's wrong with you? Be quiet. I wish to God you put your foot in their mouth and shut them up. Shut the buck slides up, I mean. Amen. Let me tell you, the only person who doesn't worship God is somebody whose spiritual womb has been closed down. David, amen, came dancing and jumping and shouting, and God cursed his wife. Now, folks, can I go on, please? May I go on, please? Let me tell you what Bill's church Money didn't build this church. It's prayer. You may see no lightning flash. But I want to tell you. The day Pastor Neal stopped praying. That's the day Ichabod written on those posts. Now I want to tell you. The prayer of one man. Can make the difference in this church. Even if the whole pew don't pray. 
That's why when somebody say they're a leader in a song or in a leadership, you better have a prayer life. You better stand up there and pray when nobody else pray. You better pray and you make the difference. Otherwise, give up leadership. Give up being ahead and let up let somebody else who know how to worship God step forward. Amen. Amen. Because like leader, like people. You're quiet, they're quiet. You're dumb, they're dumb too. You're powerless, they're powerless too. Hello. Praise God. When I walk through those doors, I want God to vibrate me like a leaf in the wind. Now, incentive to prayer. The keynote is pray. Say it with me. Pray without ceasing. That means nonstop. Pray and do not faint. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Pray till you're done talking to God. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. That means watch the problems and pray to God about it. A man in my job tried to get me fired. I knew it was a conspiracy against me. I didn't worry about them. Because on my knees, I'm more powerful than they are on their trees. Hallelujah. They came in, came in a thousand ways. I mean, one way came in a thousand ways. They were scattered by prayer. Now, in your closet, you, you, you write in your closet. I don't know where your closet is. Everyone wants to have a place in their home where your knees are sunk in the carpet. I hope somewhere in your house, your knees knows your carpet, and your carpet knows your knees. When they see you walking in that place, they know you're going to pray. They know it's going to vibrate. They know dynamite is going to explode. They know your voice is going to shake that place. In your, do you, does your house know that you're coming? There's a place where I often go to pray. There's a place where Christ often go to pray. Where in your house do you set aside for prayer? Where do you go often and pray? Is there a place where your knees just fit right in? One day my doctor said, how come your knees like that? Why is your knee like that? I said, I bow often my knees. To whom? To Jesus Christ. And so get callous. You can tell these are on pretty knees. They're bowed. They get calluses on them. Amen. My brother always prayed this way. Put his handkerchief on the ground. You know how long he lasts? Not very long. Look at this right here. In your closet, you pray because the crisis. Crisis come, come against you. Temptation come against you. Others coming against you. Battles are against you. Sin trying to get into your life. Amen. And you're finding yourself, amen, being wretched. Amen. And fear and unbelief and the family situation coming. And you're in your prayer room. You're pushing the ball back. You're pushing it back. You're pushing back. You're resisting the devil. And you got to flee because you won't quit praying. Amen. Hallelujah. I told one wife one time, her husband wouldn't get saved. I said, get your husband, amen, uh, uh, what do you call it, his, his pillow, and put a prayer handkerchief on it there. He got baptized. He got the Holy Ghost. He came in church. Prayer moved his mind. You can pray for his suit. You can pray for his shoes. You can pray for everything he does. You can pray in the walls. He came and got saved. Prayer is the oxygen of this church. 
One guy got saved because his mom was praying for him while he was in another province. And he heard his girlfriend said to him in the bar, Go home! Go home! He said, What do you say? He said, I said nothing. So he slapped her. And so he said to, to bike at home. And while he was going home, one of his friends said to him, When you start your church, I want to come to you. He said, What did you say? And now he's preaching for us in one of our provinces. Have a congregation. Walked in his house and saw his little weak, frail mother praying. Bring my son home. And she was there when he labored and built that church. She's gone now. Hallelujah. After her prayer materialized. You can change the course of nature. You can turn things around. God told you whatsoever. That means up to you what you sign on that prayer list. That prayer list that you have is God's priority. God has no priority than the one you set for him. Oh, church, hear me right now. We're praying for revival. We're praying for soul to get saved. Why? Because God and me make a majority against unbelief and the devil. Here's my prayer wheel. Look at this, folks. The battleground is the prayer field. The battleground of this church is not finance. Hello, it's prayer. The devil would love Tuesday night prayer meeting to cease. He would love that you quit coming to church. Church, let me tell you, you keep on praying like this, you can't miss the rapture. Because he's coming for a praying church, the revelation says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And the last word was, come, Lord Jesus. That's a prayer request. There's idols, and there's a living God. Baal was an example of an idol. 450 prophets praying, and nothing happened. One man against a nation of false prophets and people who love those false prophets, Elijah, prayed earnestly, 64 words, to the living God, Jesus Christ, which was Yahweh back then, and Baal couldn't answer, and God answered with fire. We have the same battle today. Daniel prayed to his God, and the Babylonians prayed to their God, and Daniel shut the mouth of a lion. The three Hebrew boys, they prayed and quenched the fire of the fires. Don't pray to anybody else, don't sing to anybody else, and they prayed to their God. Look what happened. Look what prayer does. Anchoron. Jeroboam rejected the true God and went to an idol for help, for heal. Couldn't get it. And Jehovah says, you're going to die in your sickness. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. And the living God responded. I'm going to say to you right now, if you're sick, receive your healing right now. Why don't you believe it? Why don't you believe it? Why do I have to scream at God to make him do it? He's not deaf. He's not dull. His hand is not shortened. His ear is not wax cold. You need to raise those hands and say, I receive my healing. Why don't you raise those hands and believe on God and receive that healing? Oh, I can't do it. The pastor just taught you how to pray, how to heal, how to receive. Why don't you do it? Could be God wants to work a miracle in this church tonight. He's trying to tell somebody how to approach him. That their answers and requests may come in one moment. Seven days without me praying make me a weak saint.
Amen. Here's how a Christian got defeated. No altar, no closet, no lifting up the hands, no speaking to God. They cease praying, they faint, and have no time for prayer. They're not hunger and thirsting out of righteousness, so they're not watching in prayer. Hello? They can't watch within one hour for prayer. They neglect one hour of praying. It's too much for them to do. Not stirred, amen? Hallelujah in prayer, slothful in approach to God, and bored stiff. That kills them. Kills them. But there's some people. Let me hurry on here, folks. The weapons of winners in Pentecostal prayer closet is, amen, we got a weapon. Our body is the living sacrifice. Lord, I just can't stop worrying when I'm tired. I want to stay when I'm worshiping. I'm going to my closet to pray. I'm going to my powerhouse. I'm going to raise my hand and get re-energized. I'm going to the gas station. Fill it right up again. Reason number services involved. I'm going to pray. Let my prayer be as incense. Let my raised hands be as a sacrifice on God's altar. Let my lips be as the what? The burning amen of the calves. Amen. Burning up to God. When I pray, God said, I receive the calves of your lips. Let's lift up God right now. Come on. They shall speak, and I will answer. They will call. And before they call, I'll say, here am I. Look. Look at these champions in prayer. Amen. In case you don't want to follow the preacher, you don't have to follow him. But here's some role models to follow here. Elijah, Elisha, Samson, Jabez, Hannah, and Esther. These are people that pray through. Don't stop praying until you pray through. I would say, saints, don't stop praying for the Lord is near. Saints, don't stop praying for the God can hear what he's promised that he will do. Saints, don't stop praying for the Lord is near. That's modern interpretation of that song. How many of you are going to change tonight? How many of you going to go to bed tonight and say, God, I don't know it all, but I'm going to practice some of the things Brother Neil tells me. Mm-hmm. I'm God, I want to watch the results of my life changing. Hallelujah. You know, I, I can't walk too far. I go, uh, 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 I know it's lacking exercise. I'm just too fed, well fed. Too much weight in the legs, I can't carry you. And you're the same way. Your faith is low, but you can top it up. You can top it up, lifting up your hands, lift up your voice, cry unto the Lord. Ten reasons why I should learn to pray tonight. David prayed against Ahithophel. That's powerful. The church prayed against, amen, the escape for Peter from death. Amen. Anna prayed against her foe in her home, and she won. Daniel prayed against the lion's mouth and his enemies, and God closed their mouth and destroyed the enemy. Elijah prayed for rain and fire, and all came down to defeat the adversaries. Jabez prayed for God to reverse the curse in his life from birth, and God turned things around and granted him his wish. Jacob prayed to escape the sword and the wrath of Esau, and God did it. Esther changed the course of history and saved her people. And you don't know, I'm going to preach it one day, Purim means celebrating what could have happened but didn't happen. 
You don't hear that? Pure mean what could have happened, but didn't happen. You should celebrate what could have happened to your life today, but hasn't happened. <laughs> you see, we celebrate about what happened in our life. How about celebrating what could have happened, but never happened? Because God turned things around. Come on, church, clap your hands. Why is it when we finish singing, everybody stop, dance, stop? Why is there no lingering of worship? Why is there no lingering of tears, of crying, and seeing God got to shut you down and say, let's move on? Why? You know why, church? The absence of anointing. I'm going to talk about anointing very soon. We need anointing in this church. Esther turned things around. And they celebrate in her memory what could have happened and didn't happen. I found that Satan had some plans for me to go to hell, but God canceled the appointment reservation. Hallelujah. Number nine, Paul and Silas prayed that night. Prison doors were open, chains were broken. Walls shook. Lights went out. Salvation became a reality. Men got saved. What happened? God opened the heart of a man. Not to mention, down in Tyra, Tyra, Paul praying, and God opened the heart of a woman. What if when I'm preaching on Sunday morning, the whole church is praying, God, save such as in church, my pastor's praying, God, God, preaching, God, please, God, let there be conversion on the altar, God. Never mind my lunch and my dinner, God. Let there be somebody be baptized. What if you bring that church? What if you're praying that the song and the song service is about salvation of souls? Not what makes us look in the feet, but oh, God, let somebody be impacted. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know who did that? A man called Nehemiah. He prayed, oh, God, would you touch the heart of that king? That's his heart to give me absence from work and give me support for my project. And I don't know how to ask, but would you give me favor? And the king said, I look up to him after prayer meeting and says, you have a need. What's wrong? Your heart is not okay today. What's wrong? Then he, and God opened a door of opportunity, and he got letters. Read the Bible. There was opposition and forces to stop him. He said, but I went to God in prayer, and God opened the doors. Let's lift our hands and worship God. Moses prayed. The people cried, and the Red Sea opened up. I'm trying to tell you, church, prayer can open the Red Sea. Prayer, amen, can touch heaven. Prayer can touch the womb. Prayer can touch the eyes. Prayer can touch jailhouse. It can touch any door house. It can touch the heart. Prayer. So why don't we find out how to pray? I want to ask you tonight, are you going to learn how to pray? Lord, Lord, 
Teach me how to pray. Daniel, from the first day you start praying, 21 days ago, I heard your prayer. I heard your prayer. And I'm sending the angels to help you. I believe that me, God, I don't know when, I don't know how, but things that I'm praying for this church are going to happen. There are things I long for, but I'm praying for it. I'm praying importune prayer. That means it don't happen overnight, but it's importune prayer. Importune prayer. Importune prayer. The incentive before I close tonight, instead of prayer, hallelujah, if you lack confidence, pray. You lack wisdom, say it. You lack motivation. You lack understanding. Lack spirit. You lack supply. You lack gifts. You lack power. You lack anointing. In all things, in prayer and supplication, let your needs be made known unto the living God. Lord Jesus Christ, right now you're alive and you're well. And you know you're behind this prayer meeting right now and this teaching tonight. God, touch our lives, touch our mouth, touch our hands, touch our spirit. Give us an anointing. Pray. Without what? Ceasing. Pray and not faint. Pray and believe when you pray. You said, Pastor Neil, you told me to pray. Okay, I heard you. Now, please tell me how to pray. I, I, I give you all the, the commands now to, pr to pray. I'll tell you how to pray now. You're watching me, Charles? Look, I don't know if you folks are making use of these charts. I, by divine intervention, I'm not throwing my charge away yet. Hoping you'll copy it because I know you're going to forget it. And if you plan to work for God down the road, you should be copying it. Because down the road, we're going to need it. And I promise you, if you don't have a revelation, you won't get nothing from God. You better hitchhike on someone's prayer. If you don't copy this, you're a, I'm going to tell you right now, you're a fool. You know what a fool is? You know what a fool is? Build his house on a Sandy foundation. You know, a fool is somebody who run out of oil. Amen. If this is done for you, what are you going to do about it? Copy it. Keep it. Study it. Teach it. Preach it. To become a part of you. If I did in the book of Acts, how would I know to preach Acts 2.38? Come on now. Fighting in the epistles. How do I know how to live for God? I'm trying to tell you, church, get smart. Hallelujah. One guy says, just give me the answer key. Foolishness. That's the lazy spirit. You got to first, you know what God taught me? I first got to be partaker of the situation before I ask you to do it. I'm not allowed to ask you to do anything I didn't do. God said, you hypocrite. So he called me if I do it. If I ask you to do something, I first did it. You know why? That's leadership. Leadership is not command and control. It's behold and follow. Let's worship God. 
For I tell you, give, I better give. For I tell you, better pray, better pray. For I tell you, study, better study. Or you're not a leader. You're just a trailer. Praise God. You're supposed to go study it. Follow it. Practice it. You want to see my Bible when I first came to church? It's full of stuff. I still got it. Everything was taught to me. I wrote it down. I'm going to practice it and study it and witness with it. It brought fruit. It still does. You know what revival is? It's your survival. When I went to college, we took notes. You know what they did most recently? They're cursing their professor. We heard it down east. Making claim without a textbook. They said, where's a textbook? You can't raise us on PowerPoints. They said. And flipped, and what they call it, some, some pictures. They said, we want a textbook. A word. We want when you finish, talk to us. We can go home and read for ourselves. We want to put it into practice. Zachary, come here. God got his hand on you. You talk to your mama about getting everything I have on this board. Because 25 years from now, Lord Terry, you're going to need it. You don't, have to re you don't have to reinvent it and be what God wants you to be. Thank you. Hallelujah. How to pray. Bring words of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Bring words of praise. Don't run in God's presence and start begging stuff. That's not the way you operate. You learn to give thanks first. And praise God. You accuse God of getting nothing from him. I know a girl from here, several people does that in time past, and they all backslidden. Some are reprobate. A, a, a blaming God for their problems. God didn't make problems. God solved problems. God don't make bills. God pay your bills. Hallelujah. Bring words of thanksgiving. Praise God in the beginning of your prayer. The first thing you do, worship him. Adore him. That's how you start prayer. I don't know how to pray. That's how you do it. Spend some time to spend five minutes praising God. And you understand for what you got. The, the, home, the home you got, the life you got, the health you got. Give God praise for it. Stop your begging and, 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 and finding fault. Loud open worship. He said, sing a lot on your bed unto the Lord. Praise him. I shall put on the next one to sing praise unto God. Singing psalms and spiritual hymns. Oh, you ever sing in the spirit? Let's put it right here for you in case you miss it. Hallelujah. Sing. Hallelujah. Psalms plus hymns. That's the truth. Man, time I go to pray and I do that. Number two. Amen. Hallelujah. You talk to God, you offer to God by demonstrative behavior the calves of your lips. He wants to see those lips moving. He wants to see that body gyrating, bowing, kneeling, prostrating. Huh? Come on now. I'm not talking about your comfort zone now. I'm talking about you <laughs> flexing for God and lifting up hands. 
Sometimes I kneel. Sometimes I lay flat on my face. Sometimes I roll. Sometimes I do this. Amen. I'm trying to tell God, I'm going to offer the cover of my lips. My body is sacrificed to you, God. And my hands is incense. Thirdly, going to another realm called pray by asking. Look how far that is, asking, begging God something. Now, I, I call myself, you don't do that, but I do it. I call myself, God, God, I'm your parasite. I live off you. Now, I, I'm not as famous as you are, but I know I'm dependent on him. We're not interdependent. I'm dependent on him. He don't need me. I'm not stupid. I know that. Pray by asking. I said, God, I don't want to go to hell. Keep me away from temptation. Keep me from entering to God. If you see me plan something that's going to mess me up, don't take me there. Please, God. Lord, I ask him, Lord, let me be worthy to escape the tribulation. Oh, God. Lord, I'm praying, asking, let thy kingdom come quickly. I want to be where you live, God. Amen. I said, God, I'm praying, asking, send forth missionaries like you sent to my place. That's my third thing in prayer. In one prayer sitting, you're doing all that. And then the next sequence is, do it without ceasing. Pray till you feel him. And we know feel him still praying because he's not deaf, he can hear you. Come on, church. Don't take me slate because the bars are still open. The cabbage is still open. Don't tell me it's late. Don't tell me you got other plans. If you die tonight, you go right to hell or heaven. Amen. All your plans are forgotten. Amen. So stay with me tonight. Say, amen. 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 Let the church, amen. amen. Let the church, amen. amen. Let the church, amen. amen. I want the choir to sing that song next week. Let the church, amen. Go on, go on, on stage and get that song. Sing it. Let the church, amen. 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 So be it. Praise God. Pray without ceasing. And also pray and sing in the spirit. Sing psalms. Sing hymns. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody learning here tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Anybody come to this church and you're dull and boring, don't even tell anybody you know me. I'm going to disown you. I want to know you at all. Don't even take him on this church. Don't say, Pastor, you taught me. I didn't teach you nothing. I don't know you. I don't know dummies. Dull ones. I want enlightened ones. Full of the power of God. They took knowledge of them. They had been with Jesus. Lord, listen to that now. Amen. 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 They got gastritis. Amen. 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 Shout amen. amen. You know, in my days when I came from in the spirit, you were supposed to say, oh, hallelujah. I don't get around here at all. You're so sophisticated. Brother Vicus of, 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 of a mother-in-law, when she shout amen, everybody hears it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I know it's wrong. They cut your tonsils out, right? Yes. I know that. I can see that. Before, look at this right here. Type of praying. Prayer aim. Giving thanks with supplication, intercession, and prayer. That's called soul travail prayer. 
soul travail prayer thanksgiving supplication intercession and prayer now I'm going to show you lazy people something you should be doing go in there please and bring that Bible dictionary for me please that big concordance some of you just you know you think I'm telling the truth so you all just take it like it is and then I'll check it out but please go buy yourself a dictionary and look what that word means the red one yes bring it for me please amen amen now I was so stupid and I'm so crazy to, to, to want to know more about God so I went to buy myself a concordance that's a concordance I want to know what those words mean but you don't care what the words mean, right? I could call it hot dog and right on. You, you said, okay, hit me hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Look it up, folks. Look it up. Look it up. Come on, look it up. Get one. Look it up. What's Thanksgiving mean? What's supplication mean, God? What intercession and prayer? Sometimes I'm going to preach to you, and God said, look that up. Boy, when I looked up, revelation came. I wouldn't do it normally, but God said, look it up. Look over here. Prayer B. Pray with my understanding. Ooh. Maybe I bring words. Dear Lord Jesus, you know, I went to Harvard and I learned to speak. I'd like to bestow on you special grace because you're special. Get off it. You know, I like Jamaican prayer. God, give me, give me, give me, God, give me, God, give me. You understand that too? If you say, give it to me, Jesus, you understand that too? If you say, Slava Boha, you understand that too? You don't care how you say it, just mean it. Because he can read your heart. He will search the heart and know the mind of the spirit. Amen. And don't worry about the mistakes you're going to make and the grammar mistakes. You know, everything I wrote, they find fault with it. I don't agree with them, but they may say there's fault here. The grammar's not right. You know, the noun and the verb don't agree with together, so too bad. Is what, what preachers say. It's the way preachers talk. Bang. That's how you read. That's your problem. Is how we talk. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Pray with understanding words, thoughts, and feelings. Sister Espinoza. Let me pry in your privacy for a minute here. Can you imagine your husband walking up and saying, I love you, honey. I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. Get active. Get active. Sure, you got some kind of life. Reach out those octopus hands. Grab a hole in anything you get. <laughs> Songs of Solomon have some ideas of things you can handle. Woo! So if you're laughing, you could, you could do a celebrate in your marriage and you don't get enough of it. Reach out and touch stuff. And say, ooh. That's what God wants you to do. Make love to Jesus. Solomon's song was written for the church to learn how to love Jesus. Talk about his legs, his hands, his breasts. Talk about her breast, her hands. If you don't know how, then where have you been? This girl, she got married. She got married. And she's so sanctimonious, she's so holy. And, you know, she's just wanted to cover up everything she's got. And she got married, and she forgot. When you get married, you uncover. 
So she went in the bathroom and uncovered herself. And all through her marriage, that's all she ever did. The guy don't know what she looked like. Well, if I was him, I'd rip it off her. I'd say, you ain't wearing no zip around here, no button around here. You're going back to the day God made Adam and Eve. <laughs> when you come before God, come as you are. Don't try to, don't try to put on this masquerade. He want to fake God. Amen. Come on, church. Come on, church. God loves his church. He cherishes his church. He blessed his church. Look at this. Praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Solomon, I wrote a story about, hey, if you're just married, read my story about Solomon's love story. I couldn't imprint it. Most Pentecostals have a heart attack. They would. They would. That's why there's supposed to divorce among them. Hello. Praise God. Every wife got sealed compartment when discovered. Someone said, mm, it's like camphor. It's like this. It's like that. It's like whatever. Read Solomon's songs tonight, brother. Read it. <laughs> and try it. <laughs> That's my advice as free marriage seminar. Because prayer is like, it's like, can I be frank with you now? Prayer is like sex. Prayer is the most intimate Time of a Christian walk with God. That's why God says, Israel covered whoredom. What is he saying? What is he saying? He said, You play the whore. And he said, I'm, I'm your husband. Uh, you're my wife. What is he saying? What is he saying? Words said to your wife, you don't say to strangers. Is that right? And the way you operate with your wife or your husband, you do not with strangers. Because it's a different relationship. And the way you treat God is sanctification. You sanctify. Let's all stand. Now, folks, most folks will just fellowship me with what I just said. But, Brother Gerard, print it anyhow. I'm ready for this, this fellowship. As long as my wife don't just fellowship me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know what you guys are saying. Sister Neil, is that how Brother Neil really is? Or are you just talking? <laughs> I can hear it. I can see it on your face. I can read my discernment. Cause suspicion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Incentive praying. Praying in tongues by your spirit. Hello? Praying. And articulate words that covers your lips, the body. Amen. And with your soul, you're pouring out, you're offering up thanksgiving, intercession, supplication, and prayer from your soul. From your spirit, you're praying in tongues. And you're singing tongues. Singing means mean, it's over. Now let's sing. If you don't talk in tongues, something's wrong with your language. Amen. And return back to the body, carve your lips. Now, I don't say you say, Pastor Neil, you preach above my head. You know, folks, 
get us to Lake Zachary and stand on it and be on the same level with us. He's always above my head. Get a stool and stand on it. Zachary always put on that stool and stand up so you look eye to eye with you, right? We you do the same. Look the word up. Look up the word. Stop blaming me for being over your head. All right? The prayer legend. Look at it now, friend. The apostle Paul prayed for your body, your soul, and the spirit. Where did he do this? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Did he not? He pray, God, your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved. All right? Look at this now, folks. I give you the meaning of these six things you're supposed to do. Prayer is category one where you do what? What do you do? It's confession, repentance, and thanksgiving is what you do with your soul and thanks God and praise Him. Right? Supplication means making requests by advocacy for somebody else or for yourself. Intercession is where you're breaking into God's judgment hall with mediation between God and the situation. And then prayer, category two, amen, category one was prayer, thanksgiving, supplication, intercession. Category two is prayer. It's the way to God, the walk with God, the relationship with God, the conversation. This is where you go back to Solomon's song. And learn how to make love to Jesus. Some of you can't say, Jesus, I love you. You're my sweetheart. You're awesome. I hear one preacher says, some guys sing about God and talk like they're talking to a wife or a girlfriend. They don't understand the scripture. Solomon's song is inspired. Six to six books. It's one of them. It's almost in the middle of the Bible. How many can say, Jesus, I love you. Oh, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. God, you're gorgeous. I just love you. You're not flattering God. You mean it. You're precious. You're awesome. You're holy. You know what he does? Draw nigh me. Now I'll draw nigh to you. You love me much. I know about it. You love me little and I hear about it. Hello. Oh, the one thing I wish my wife would do is scratch my back a whole lot more. Come on, she needs to scratch my back. Ooh, scratch my back. Oh, I mean, scratch my back. <laughs> okay, John put, place his head where? On the breast. All the other guys were too stuck up to do it. But who didn't see death? John. The more you love Jesus, the less death you will experience. All the rest were crucified, mummified, amen, and fossilized. But John, who loved Jesus. You watch people love Jesus around you, they're blessed all the time. And those who don't love Jesus, too bad for them. Amen. All right, last words right here. How many times I said that last time? Several times? There's several last in this chapters here. All right. Write it on your book. Amen. Right here. Praise God. Where you have tongues. All right. In tongues, it's devotional tongues. You pray in tongues. Right? Here's where the Holy Ghost takes over and jump in your life. Now, the one thing most wives don't like and husbands don't like, and they shouldn't get mad. When your partner 
second-guess you and jump and finish your sentence for you. Now, I know one person get mad every time it's done, and I love to do it. I won't tell you who that person is. <laughs> but let me, let, me, let me speak for myself. Can I please? I know what I want to say. You don't know what I want to say. Let me finish the story. Don't jump into my story. Well, you're praying to God, and all of a sudden, God jump in your story, take over your conversation, and start talking in tongues. And you didn't plan to talk in tongues, but he wanted to talk in tongues. You didn't plan to sing, but he wants to sing. Come on, somebody. And you let him do it. Because it's part of the prayer relationship. I will pray in the spirit and my understanding don't pray. But I know my spirit is praying to God. That's where he's gone right into God's precious little place. He make answers and free. There's more? My Lord, my God. There's still more. Lord Jesus, where does our prayer go? Well, the first stage is right now on earth. When I pray today, because I'm absent from Jesus Christ, my prayer has gone, amen, in the ears of God. You heard it. In the ears of God, the heart of God. My prayer went there right now, right now. And right now my prayer is being collected in a vial, in a bottle. Amen. It's gone behind the veil. Hello. And very soon he will answer me and say to me, yes. No, or wait. Yes, no, or wait. Praise God. The final stage of praying. When the rapture takes place, when you die, before Christ comes, you're absent from your body, your brother Jesus, no longer, I mean, prayer, face to face. <coughs> No more praying. You talk with him mouth to mouth. So, conclusion. Will you watch with Jesus one hour? I expect the sun to be exploding with prayer. I can see God walking with dynamite of the spirit all over you to explode. I can hear the choir singing. I know I missed up your choir practice tonight, but you need this morning and talk about practice right now. You get anointed. Praise God. Praise God. Will you watch with me one hour daily? Look up these scriptures, folks. Write them down. You don't have good memory. I can tell. I can tell you don't have good memory. You know how I know that? Because I can tell by your grades at school. You don't have good memory. So write it down. I see phone. Use the phone if you want to. When I'm done, come take a picture if you want to. But church, look at these up. They tell you what you're going to do. In my closet of prayer, in my closet of prayer, God says, anything you ask, anything you ask by them, right now, anything you ask for God, I'm going to do it. If you believe it. If you believe it. If you believe it. I was preaching sometime to you how somebody asked for a man who had need for prayer. And the Jews said, this man love our nation and build us a synagogue. I remember me preaching that. And the rest forgot. But I said that, and the brother Kieran said the same thing all over. Over and over and over. I'm telling you, friend, you don't waste one prayer on God. 
Every time you prayed, God receives it. You are the body of Christ. It is in his care. Don't give up on praying. If you do nothing else, don't give up on praying. If you never teach a Sunday school, never preach a sermon, never do anything of that sort, don't give up to pray. He that cometh to God must approach by faith, must believe that God is, and is the reward of them that what? Diligently seek him. I'm not done, but I'll stop here because the time is far spent, and I know you can't wait to get home to go practice your prayer. I just know you won't go to bed without practicing prayer. I can see the hands going up, antennas going up. I can hear crying going on. It won't be, shut up, brother, shut up. It will be, listen, God, open up, open up, open up, God. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus.